Hello and welcome to today's podcast for Monday of Holy Week 2020. So as usual, I'll give a brief sermon and then we'll have a song and a little time of prayer. The message today is on the Holy Spirit and the right hemisphere of the brain. Now that may seem a little odd, but my intention is to set things up to talk about some other topics later on this week. So it will make more sense, I think, and I hope as we go along. All right, we'll start by considering the fact that a lot of people feel there's a division between matters of science and matters of religion, that they represent different realms, and in some ways that they have to be kept separate even. You can't use scientific methods to understand religion, nor can you use spirituality to understand science. Well, now that idea has always kind of bothered me because isn't the truth simply the truth? Isn't the world a complete whole? So it seems like this division has to be an illusion somehow. And there's so much overlap, too, between science and religion. It's not like you can completely separate them. And there's also so much antagonism between people who put more faith in science and people who put more faith in religion. And I want to know how that tension can be resolved. How it can be resolved for others, but really how it can be resolved uh, in my own mind and in my own heart. So I want to share with you today a little bit about how I think we can resolve the difference um, or at least understand better why we have this division between science and religion. And uh, we'll think about it both conceptually and in terms of how we live our daily lives. So this has been on my mind a lot because I've recently been investigating the theories of a guy named Ian McGilchrist. He's a psychiatrist who did neuroimaging research at Johns Hopkins and is a fellow of the Royal College of Psychiatrists. And he's done some serious work on this, and he's well-respected in his field. He's studied the differences between the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. Now, you've probably heard some things, maybe, about how the left brain controls logic and language and reasoning, and the right brain controls emotion, intuition, art, music, or something like that. That's basically wrong. (laughs) Uh, Researchers pretty much all agree now that those ideas were seriously flawed, and they've realized that actually both hemispheres are involved in language in different ways, both hemispheres are involved in reasoning, both hemispheres are involved in emotion. But what Ian McGilchrist is arguing is that there is still, nonetheless, a hugely important difference between the hemispheres, and it's very closely related to the idea that science and religion belong to different realms of experience. McGilchrist argues that the two hemispheres of the brain perceive reality in two radically different ways. So the left brain, you know, is the more logical. It sees the world as functioning like a machine. It sees the world as a closed system in which things operate according to simple cause-and-effect mechanisms. The left brain sees the world as if it's composed of objects to be used and manipulated. But the right brain simply sees things as they are, without judgment, without trying to use or justify or blame. It's simply present and aware. So instead of abstracting things into categories, It just recognizes things as themselves, as both unique and as part of a greater whole. So is this starting to sound spiritual to you yet? 
It does to me. And it gets even more interesting because we as Westerners will generally tend to think that the left hemisphere's way of seeing things, the more logical way, is more accurate. But according to McGilchrist, the weight of the evidence is actually that the opposite is true, that the left logical hemisphere is more like an oversimplified version of reality. Uh, McGilchrist says that what the left hemisphere sees is more like a map, and what the right hemisphere sees is more like the world itself. And the icing on top is that anger is lateralized to the left logical hemisphere. So we, we mentioned before that emotion is actually not just something that's on the right hemisphere or something that's lateralized to the left or to the right hemisphere. And specifically the anger of uh, the, the emotion of anger is a feature of the logical left hemisphere. That's counterintuitive to a lot of people, but to me it makes perfect sense because I have seen what a huge problem it is that people think they're reasoning logically when in reality they are angrily rationalizing and trying to justify things in ways that end up being very irrational. When you're angry, it feels like you're seeing the world very clearly, but in fact you're blinded. Okay, so uh, that is a very superficial treatment of a complex, complex subject, uh, but I hope that's at least enough of an overview to get at what I wanted to say today. And I'll just share on the Christian Realist Facebook page a video um, that helps to explain McGilchrist's theory in case you're, you're interested to find out more, and I'm sure I'll talk about it more in future podcasts too. But to get to the point, and what this means for us in our everyday experience. The experience of God's presence, which Christians talk about in terms of the inspiration or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that experience seems obviously like it has to be related to the right hemisphere of the brain. It has to do with experiencing forgiveness, reconciliation. It has to do with peace and compassion, replacing anger and condemnation. It helps us to see the world as it is, to be fully present, rather than being trapped in the distorted version of reality that our anger and blaming created for us. Which brings me to the scripture verse that I want to share with you today. It comes from the Gospel of John. It's a story of Nicodemus. So he was one of the Pharisees, and as such he would have been a relatively well-educated person of his time, or at least, you know, within this, this society. So he probably was maybe more developed in the left hemisphere than the average person, we might guess. And Jesus tells him he needs to be born again. Now he tries to interpret that logically, and he gets confused. Jesus, what are you talking about? Man can't climb back into the womb. And Jesus tells him he needs to be born of water and the Spirit. So a ritual, baptism, and the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says uh, in John 3, 8, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. So to me, this neuroscientific theory that I was telling you about, it gives a fascinating new perspective on the saying of Jesus. So on the one hand, it ex helps to explain why it is that the working of the Spirit is so mysterious. It's not just that we don't have enough information to understand what's happening. It's possible that the, the left hemisphere or logical way of thinking about things 
is itself too limited to deal with a larger reality like that. And the other part of it is that McGilchrist's theory helps to explain the reality of the experience of being born again or having a spiritual awakening. As if it has to do something to do with like activating parts of the brain that perceive reality in a new, more accurate, more full, more complete way, then that really would be like waking up or like being birthed into a whole new world. Now, I don't know if uh, Ian McGilchrist himself is at all religious, but he definitely talks about how vital the spiritual perspective is, how vital the right hemisphere's way of perceiving is, and how dangerous it is for that to be lost in society. And we'll talk more about that another time, but for now, I just want to end by making a few quick suggestions about how this relates to your everyday life. It's clear that humans function best having these two different ways of seeing and knowing integrated and working in harmony. And I won't speak for any other cultures, but certainly in the Western world, most people are very left hemisphere dominant. So for us to find a balance, it requires that we make space in our lives for the spiritual. And the primary means for that is meditation. It could be meditation of various kinds. So there's many ways of praying, just doing quiet contemplation, um, there's also just letting thoughts and feelings arise spontaneously without judging them. And that could be part of journaling practice or therapy or creative projects. But these kinds of things are so important to balance out our tendency to overexert the logic-oriented way of knowing. And you'll, you'll know that you're overexerting that, you're doing too much of that way of thinking when you're, for example, reading too much outrage porn uh, too much news analysis, if we're too much engaged in condemning self-talk or just having condemning narratives playing themselves over and over in our minds. So you might just ask yourself how much time right now you're devoting to thoughts that make you angry or thoughts that make you anxious and how much time you devote to spiritual practice that helps you release condemnation and to see things with compassion and with gratitude, which ends up actually being the more truthful and the more objective way of seeing reality. Okay, so that's all for today. Now we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and just take a couple of deep breaths together. And then we're gonna sing a very meditative song. Um, this actually is one of Brandon's favorites called Word of God Speak. to be still and know that 
joy in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak to be with you and in the quiet hear your voice word of God speak won't you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know you're in this place please let me stay and rest in your holiness word of god speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know you're in this place please let me stay and rest in your holiness word of god speak i'm finding myself at a loss for words and the funny thing so okay. Thank you. All right, so now let's just bow our hearts in prayer for a moment. Dear God, I thank you for another day and for another opportunity to spend this time in quiet contemplation and of thinking of you thinking of how our lives can come to reflect your love, your glory, who you are more clearly. Father, I just pray for each person that may listen to this broadcast, that you would be present to them in a way that is very real and powerful. Thank you so much, O oh Father, for all that you give to each of us. In the name of Christ, amen. All right, and that's all. We'll be back tomorrow.